You are listening to the Balkan Bread Podcast. This is a podcast created to connect diaspora worldwide by sharing each other's stories. Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of the Balkan Bread Podcast. My name's Amina, and thank you guys so much for being here. So January is almost over, which is really crazy because I swear it was New Year's like yesterday, and (laughs) really insane. I think I've had a lot of time to sit down and ponder on what I want to make out of this year, and you know, do all of the soul searching that I need to do for coming up with different resolutions and different goals and things like that. And I feel like New Year's resolutions kind of have a bad reputation. I think when people hear about resolutions, they hear about, you know, I want to lose weight or, you know, I want to do this and things that are just very vague and just kind of general. And The problem with that is everyone ends up getting very upset when they don't end up, you know, achieving that type of goal, which it's not very, I'm thinking about smart goals that we would talk about, like my business classes and things, but it's, you know, it's not specific enough to where it's something that, you know, you are actually going to achieve it in that sense. So By now, a lot of people, I feel like, have kind of abandoned whatever type of resolution that they had set. And for this episode, I want to set kind of the stage in terms of thinking of resolutions more as, you know, being intentional and building habits. So even if you're listening to this episode, you know, and it's like, I don't know, March or April or something, you know, this is still something that is relevant and something that you guys can take from. So what better way to kick, you know, the new year off and, you know, this whole kind of more habit and goal oriented podcast episode off, you know, than with a special guest. So if you guys listened to an episode from a couple of weeks ago, I believe the title was something along the lines of living your best life, that type of thing. I actually recorded that with my friend Denny's and she is a lifestyle coach, social media guru. She does a bunch of super cool stuff um, with health and fitness and, you know, just being the best version of yourself. So we've come up or she's actually come up with these five different ways that you guys can essentially achieve all of those goals and, you know, set all of those habits for, you know, the upcoming years and hopefully for kind of the rest of your life. So I'm going to hand it over to her and she's just kind of kind of walk through all of these different goals with us. Awesome. Thanks, Amina. Um, I always love being on this podcast and it's so much fun to talk to you and uh, connect with your audience and hopefully add a little bit of value. So yeah, to give you guys a bit of background, I am the CEO of a lifestyle uh, and health brand called The Fitfluence. And we basically just inspire people through fitness, career and self-love goals and coaching. And a lot of what we do is all about building habits. And 
And I'm so glad that you brought up the whole New Year's resolution faux pas because I think that so many of us going to the new year with this, I'm going to turn a new leaf attitude. We're all gung-ho. We're ready to, you know, take on the world. And then a week goes by, two weeks go by, three weeks go by. And all of a sudden, the resolutions that were so important to us when the new year started kind of fall to the wayside. And I want to make sure to give you guys uh, as much uh, applicable information as you can use in terms of not just making a resolution, but actually having it stick. And what are the ways that you can build habits to last throughout the first two weeks of the new year and the first two months and throughout the rest of the of 2019. And it's kind of crazy that you mentioned, um, you know, this point in the year, I mean, that too, because 92% of people actually fail at keeping their New Year's resolution. So clearly, we're doing something either we're not aiming right, or the, the process that we have isn't actually correct. And 90% of those people fail with their New Year's resolutions by January 15th. So even before this podcast happens, 90% of people will have already let go or given up on their New Year's resolutions. And I don't want you to feel like um, just because your New Year's resolution isn't going exactly as planned that it's not worth pursuing or worth changing or worth your time and effort. So I want to give you guys just five quick ways to actually help you keep those resolutions and turn them into trans going from this like anxiety ridden resolution, like heavy topic or unreachable goal to a real habit that you can use day in day out to transform your life. And the first tip is actually pretty simple. It is a putting pen to paper or fingers to keyboard <laughs> if you're a social media addict like me. But um, it's, you know, common knowledge is rarely common practice. And we all know that because if we did exactly all the things that we knew are good for us, we would all be super healthy. We would all be going after our dream jobs. We would all be pursuing things without fear because we know that's what we're meant to do. But people who write down their goals are already 50% more likely to achieve them versus people who don't. And even though that's like such a tiny thing, like writing down your goal, um, it seems like kind of minuscule. But when you think about it, you're actually putting that goal into the physical universe. And I love actually writing this down on a piece of paper because we spend so much time on our electronics. It's nice to have something by your bed or on a calendar or whatever in a journal to look at, to reference, and to see every day. And one of the parts of this tip is to make sure that you keep your goals close to you so you can be inspired by them on the daily. You don't just write it down, put it on a piece of paper and put it in your pocket and forget about it. It's somewhere maybe by your mirror, maybe by your nightstand, somewhere that you look every single day. Um, and a good trick to this is actually saving your uh, wallpaper on your phone as your goal or maybe even your desktop. So every time you open up your device, you actually are reminded of the resolution or the habit that you're 
you're trying to build in the first place. And a real world example of, you know, the importance of writing things down is, I don't know if you've ever gone to the grocery store without a list, but it typically just results in a lot of wasted time standing in the middle of the aisle, looking at the Cheeto Pops or the Nutella and deciding whether or not to buy it. And you almost always spend way more money and don't get the things that you actually need. So writing things down is really important. And I want to make sure that people don't forget to use that in order to it's like this little tiny, tiny thing, a little bit of effort that you can do to get you 50% halfway to your goal, which is pretty incredible. So that's tip number one. And I don't know, and Mina, if you have ever like done anything like that, saving, you know, a quote or something as the backdrop of your wallpaper or your phone, um, but it's actually really helpful. Yeah, it definitely is. And I don't know, I feel like the wallpaper on my phone is always a quote (laughs) of some kind, but that's just like who I am and my personality in that sense. But yeah, I think, you know, looking at the bigger picture, and like we talked about in the last episode that we recorded together, you know, vision boards and just kind of visualizing what you want, you know, so yeah, you want to write it down in that sense. But you know, if you are a visual person, and you would rather like, see a collage or see certain photos and that helps you more then I think that's a good way to go about it as well but yeah writing it down is important because I like what you were saying about just like putting it into the universe and then seeing you know acknowledging that this is something that you want and taking the steps to do that so yeah I definitely think having you know those motivational quotes and stuff really really helps Yeah, and it's funny that you say the visualization thing because I actually tried something new this year and I created a custom... Um, calendar out of vision boards so every month I have like I put like all these photos the same kind of vision board you would see in somebody's office or that people talk about in movies like The Secret you have that vision board as like the backdrop of your calendar and then at the top you have your resolution so every day you cross off your calendar you look at it you can visualize the type of life you want to lead and really think about that and more importantly than thinking even feeling what living that life would be like and that's super duper important Um, and that kind of brings me into my next tip which is just the fact that we are human and failure is inevitable and when you hear these numbers like 92% of people don't keep their new year's resolutions it can feel kind of overwhelming and think and have people think you know I don't want to be one of those 92% or I'm already one of those 92% and and the numbers can be kind of daunting but the truth is is that failure is not something that you should avoid it is a part of the journey and it's going to be inevitable to your growth especially when you're trying to do something new and especially when you're trying to do something different and you know a kind of you know, real life example of this is when little kids, like little babies are learning to walk, they stumble all the time. All they do is fall and fall and fall. But the adults around them, they don't judge them and say like, oh, that baby fell, you know, maybe walking just isn't their thing. (laughs) Like they pick them up and they tell them to brush themselves off and they keep trying and keep walking and keep growing those muscles. And that's something that as children, we have so much mercy and empathy on doing things that are new. But as adults, we have a lot of fear behind it. And I want to make sure that people know that failure 
is never not meant to be part of your journey. And using it as a motivator and as an indicator that you need to change something or take a look at your goals again and kind of pivot a little bit or, or try harder, that is just the universe being honest with you. Um, and a good example of this, like kind of in the real world that we live in is if you were to go to the gym for the first time and you haven't been in years and the first thing you do is pick up a 40 pound dumbbell to do some bicep curls with and you are inevitably gonna fail because you tried to go for a goal that is way too big way too early on and you're either going to get injured or you're not going to be able to do as many reps and you'll lose confidence and you'll feel like crap thinking like oh I'm not healthy I'm not fit I can't do this and instead of going for a goal that's obviously and clearly too big starting small and you know picking up the five pound dumbbell and then the next week picking up the eight pound dumbbell and the 10 pound dumbbell in order for you to gain confidence in your strength to kind of grow that baby bicep and you know even prevent a trip to the er that is how you grow um because goals honestly they're not really any good to us unless you can really chunk them down into daily weekly and monthly steps and being able to track that and kind of check those things off a list um, a goal will seem so big until you are able to dissect it. And there's like a little quote that I love that is kind of weird, but it's um, how do you eat an elephant? And the answer is one bite at a time. <laughs> and so like even the biggest, craziest, most audacious goals, they can all be done if you just chunk it up into little baby steps and take it day by day. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like, you know, this just kind of reminded me of whenever there's something that I want to do for Balkan bread, like, for instance, you know, we have the whole um, book Teva collection back in October. And honestly, like I had the idea for it back in, you know, June, and I was like, I'm gonna make this happen. And I had an you know, expectation that it was something, you know, I would get done like that month. And I was definitely <laughs> so, but I'm glad that it didn't happen that way. Because, you know, I wrote it down, and I kind of eventually came up with, you know, a list of what I wanted it to look like. And over time, it just kind of, you know, built into something a lot, you know, more amazing and a lot more than what I had expected it to be. So, you know, eventually, you know, I started with just the idea, and then it turned into like a huge you know project and I set you know the launch date that I wanted and everything like that and there were so many little bits and pieces that I had to figure out for instance you know I had to round up all of you know the collaborators and you know you were one of them um so like you know just making sure everyone's on the same page making sure everyone posts on time all that kind of stuff and then I had to make sure the website was going to function and, you know, people could actually buy stuff on it. I'd never done that before. So figuring that out, um, I had to, you know, edit that video that I made for, you know, our Instagram mm -hmm. thing and I had to post on Facebook. And there were just a lot of different components involved. I won't go into everything because it's probably might not be too interested if you know social media and all of that kind of stuff isn't really your thing but yeah I think breaking things down is definitely 
super duper important. And I guess, yeah, I really like the next thing. I'm reading this off of my computer. So do you want to talk about tip number three? (laughs) Yeah, totally. And you did an awesome job, by the way, with that launch. It was so smooth and everybody felt very communicated with, at least I did. And I'm speaking for all the other collaborators. (laughs) So good job. Um, But yeah, number three is wishing bad habits away won't do shit. (laughs) And a lot of us think that like, you know, maybe if I put enough intention into just changing myself, it's going to happen. And the truth is, that's not how we or how our habits work. Um, At the end of the day, our bodies, ourselves and our habits, they're all energy. And like, you know, from Bill Nye, the science guy, energy cannot be created or destroyed, but it can be moved. So you can't just quit a habit kind of cold turkey, like smoking. And um, unless you have like a really big why, unless someone tells you, you know, you're going to (laughs) die next month if you don't do this. And but most people's whys aren't that dramatic. And so a way more effective technique is to replace your negative tendencies with a positive alternative. So for example, if I am a person who loves, loves, loves to eat kinder yaya all the time, and I have or a bag of bueno, let's just say it's a bag of bueno. And I have, um, and I have a snacking problem, I'm constantly snacking throughout the day. Um, One of the things that I could do instead of just hoping, oh, tomorrow, I'll just won't snack and you know that'll be that that almost never works so instead of just wishing my bad habit away what I would do is take that you know bag of bueno and put it on the very 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 top shelf so I need a ladder to get to it in my kitchen and then in the middle of the kitchen counter I would put a bowl of fruit or tangerines or you know almonds or something that's easy to grab and the point of this whole thing is the to to acknowledge the truth that we as humans are inevitably lazy <laughs> and and that is just a reality for us and the harder something is to do the less likely we are to do it so our goal with this is to put as many steps between you and the bad habit and as little steps between you and the good habit as humanly possible so in order for me to get a Kinder Bueno, or even if I don't have it in the house, let's say I'd have to get up, go get dressed, get my wallet, go down to the store, pay for it, come back, walk. Like there's all these steps that I need to do in order to get that. Um, But if I wanted to snack on something healthy, it's easy. I just go into the kitchen, grab an apple and go for it. And the goal, again, is to just um, be very intentional with how many steps you put between you and the habits that don't serve you and you and the habits that do serve you and as big of a fan of bueno as I am I know if I had bueno like my mom literally doesn't buy Nutella in the more anymore because if it's in the house it will be gone within two days (laughs) and so um when I'm home at least so you know the whole um the intention with this is to really know yourself be honest with yourself it's okay to acknowledge what our vices are, but it's not okay not to do anything about them. And I actually read this really great quote um, recently that, you know, successful people aren't people that don't have weaknesses. They're just people that know their weaknesses really well and work really hard um, around them. So I thought that was a great one. I'm I'm glad you like that too, because I feel like it's effective for all of us. (laughs) Definitely. And 
what about though like what about if you're doing really well with you know if let's just say I we keep going back to the fitness thing but we're just gonna use that as our example but let's say you know you are going to the gym and you're eating pretty healthy and stuff like what about rewarding yourself and you know like oh well it's okay to have a piece of chocolate or something like that like how would you go about that process like where is the line between you know, if you like miss a workout or something, and then you want to make up for it. And then how do you like reward yourself for all the good things that you are doing? Yeah, I love that question. Um, And it kind of goes into number four, which is just about winning and failing. And I love that question, because it's kind of funny that you asked that because I slept through my alarm this morning and missed my workout. And I was like, ah, I was so, so upset at myself about it. But then I had to bring back a little bit of empathy and think, you know, like, okay, what are all the things that I've been doing well? And the truth is, is that my differentiating factor between like treating yourself and overindulging is whether or not you're doing it with intention. So if you just you're treating yourself because, you know, the chocolate is just happens to be there or uh, because you're lazy and you don't want to cook something, if you acknowledge the truth behind the motive of you, let's say just eating that piece of chocolate, um, then you can really separate whether or not it's something that you're trying to do on purpose as like a little win and like, you know, treating yourself to something good and healthy um, versus versus just doing it because it um, is your habit and that you're used to it. And the other thing to keep in mind, too, is that when you reward yourself for something, let's say for like health and fitness, a lot of people reward themselves with food that's unhealthy for habits that are healthy. And Mm -hmm. the irony of that is so funny because it's like you are working so hard and you're rewarding yourself with a piece of cake or whatever it may be. But the the integrity behind that doesn't make any sense because you're doing the exact opposite of your habit as your reward. So instead of rewarding yourself necessarily with food, you know, you can reward yourself with a massage or a new piece of clothing or, you know, kind of, um, or a dessert that, you know, you make with someone or an experience, like not necessarily tying the negative thing to the positive habit, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, no, that definitely does make sense. And it is kind of ironic, like, as you were saying, like, why would you, you know, feed your healthy habit that you've created with, you know, something that is like the complete opposite Um, But I think, you know, in moderation, certain things like you can make exceptions. But then then again, like when we're talking about like food and stuff, there are a lot of different things that you can try that, you know, are still healthy and they taste really, really good. Um, Of course, it can be hard, like when it comes to, you know, our Balkan desserts and cuisine. (laughs) But I think in moderation, like it's okay. you just have to know um how to portion it out and how to kind of control you know those habits and control yourself in those different situations and stuff so I guess the last thing um going into how do you use like your you know Instagram to I guess like 
kind of document your journey. And it's funny that you wrote this because I'm just thinking of Manella. Um, so my friend Manella, she was on one of the other episodes and she just created another Instagram account for her fitness journey. Let me not butcher the name of it. I'm about to like, <laughs> you know, but I don't want to call it the wrong thing. Yeah. So her handle is, I'm just going to give her a quick, quick shout out here. Um, it's crunches underscore with underscore cake. So crunches with cake, which is kind of funny. Like, I feel like that relates to what we were literally just saying. But um, yeah, anyway, so she's kind of like documenting her journey in that sense. So would you say that's like a positive thing to be doing? Or how would you want to go about, you know, sharing this process that you're going through? Yeah, 100%. I think it's so smart to use social media to your benefit. And documenting your fitness journey for one example is like a great way to actually get value out of a place where you're spending two hours a day anyway. I mean, the average person spends two hours a day on social media. And we don't actually get that much back from it. I mean, if you spent those two hours going to the gym or those two hours meal prepping or those two hours learning um, how to read Bosnian, like you would be kind of an expert at something within six months to a year. And so we spend all this time on these social media apps, but we're not really getting that much back. And one thing that I absolutely love to do um, for my own journey and for my clients too, and I'm so glad Minola and I have like talked about this too, is um, to stay accountable is creating social media accounts to track your progress and to get inspiration and to connect with people who are going through similar things that you are um, because it's not easy. It's going to be hard. You're going to have bad days. You're going to, you're going to eat the whole cake. You're, I mean, I love food. I am like, if I'm not thinking about food, I'm probably asleep. <laughs> so like there, there's nothing wrong with um, enjoying food, enjoying cake, you know, like really savoring pizza, doing those things, eating those things that make you heart happy, not just stomach happy. But the problem goes comes in when we do it without control. And we do it um, without intention. And starting an Instagram po- profile, you know, it's something so simple, but I'm sure Manella feels like she has so much more motivation now, so much more accountability. And I know for me and my clients, one of the biggest reasons that we have online like accountability groups in my fit gyms is so that people can support each other in that way and we need each other we're not supposed to be doing this stuff all by ourselves that's not the point to be like a lone wolf we actually like can empathize with one another and cheer one another on and when people are having days where you know they did pick up the heavier weight and other girls are telling them like oh my god I'm so proud of you I know you were scared to do that or when they share their vulnerabilities about the binge eating that they've done or whatever struggle that they're going through they actually feel like there are people on the same path as them who can relate and who get it and you know a lot of it's kind of funny because there have been studies done about this and they've proven time and time again that effective goal achievement includes writing down goals it includes sharing them and providing like confidence with with progress if you just set a goal and you keep it to yourself you know you're kind of um 
you're not allowing yourself to get the most out of that experience. And you're kind of pigeonholing yourself into this tiny, tiny, tiny little hole where you're the only person that's going to um, know whether or not you stuck to your word or whether or not you kept your integrity and did that workout after work that you said you were going to do or whether or not you've been drinking enough water, whatever it is that you're trying to do. But when we share it out loud, when we create a community around it and when we um, develop accountability and support, that is when that's typically the missing key for most of us. And it's kind of funny that you mentioned this because I'm reading a book now called The Habit Loop. And um, they talk about how people, um, for example, in Alcoholics Anonymous, the missing key for most people is that community, is the fact that they're never alone, no matter how intense their struggle is and most of us we can have all of the good habits um you know set out in front of us but if we don't have one another to keep each other accountable that's almost always the missing key and that's almost always where we get stuck or where we falter so i think it's so important and i love the idea i looked up her instagram while you were talking and i think it's so cool that you're at that she's actually using it as something to benefit her and to check in with people and to connect with people who are also doing the sweaty workouts or taking the sweaty selfies or, you know, going through the workout that makes them want to, you know, puke. <laughs> like there's, there's camaraderie in that and there's support in that. Um, and then there's also support in, in celebrating our little wins or, or being just being there for one another. And social media is supposed to connect us. We should use it to connect with one another and to make our lives better instead of just peeping on everybody else's. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that's, you know, one of the reasons why this whole platform, you know, that we're using right now, you know, Balkan Bread and everything, how it kind of came together. It's through you guys. And this is something that I try and remind everyone of constantly. It was hard to obviously start this and, you know, make it a reality in that sense. But what really keeps it going is, you know, the people that are supporting it. And, you know, through seeing like your pictures, like I get so excited and happy whenever I see you know someone post a picture in their little piece of home and just tag us I think that's awesome especially when I I didn't expect it I mean it's different sometimes people will you know message you and be like hey I want to you know create this Instagram and you know they'll like email me photos and we'll you know post it on the official account but sometimes it's just you know people that have these ideas in their head and they just go out and you know take that photo and that's all that it takes which is I think is amazing so do you want to I guess drop some of your information and just kind of remind people where they can reach you if you know they are interested in, you know, talking about this topic a little bit more, or maybe they just want, you know, another perspective with um, the resolutions and the habits, things like that. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I am always like, I'm, (laughs) I am a social media addict, but I like to think that I'm trying to use social media to make our lives better and to add value and to actually connect with people. So if you have questions, if you want to, there's a resolution or habit that you just cannot stick to or that um, keeps evading you or, you know, a, you know, concern that you have about 
how you're going to build these, like, let me know. And obviously, um, I'm always down to to talk to you guys. So Denise Shehovich, uh, D-N-I-Z-S-E-H-O-V-I-C is my Instagram. Um, I'm also at denishehovich.com. And Amina um, is going to post a little blog about our conversation today and the podcast. And um, I'll be li- linked in there, too. So if you ever just want to connect about that or you want – a place in social media that doesn't make you feel worse when you log off that actually adds value to your life makes you feel better inspires you or keeps you motivated or gives shares tips like these that you can add not just to your digital life but your physical and real world life too then um, I am so so here for you and I'm totally stoked that we're even talking about this and that we're adding value um, out into the universe and on social media because there are enough Instagram models <laughs> that just post selfies without anything behind them and you know if that's you all the more power to you but I think um, there's a little bit deeper that we can go and I think we should try so um, I'm so glad that we're having this conversation and um, I'm honored to be part part of it so thank you so much yeah absolutely thank you so much Danny's. and if you guys you know like I said want to be on an upcoming episode anything like that you can definitely shoot us an email it's the best way of contact we get so many dms on instagram and sometimes i won't see something for like a couple days because of that so the email that you guys can send your ideas to you know you can pitch me whatever you would like to talk about is hello just like the word hello at balkanbread.com and with that being said we are going to wrap up this episode and we will see you guys in next week's Bye, guys.